This is an EWTN News Link. I'm Anna Mitchell from the Sunrise Morning Show. Merck is asking the FDA to authorize emergency use of its experimental antiviral pill to treat COVID-19 in adults after releasing Phase 3 clinical trial data. It showed the medication reduced the chances of hospitalization for newly diagnosed patients by about 50%. The Senate of Bishops on Synodality is now officially underway. The three-stage process takes place over the course of two years, and the first stage takes place on the diocesan level. Pope Francis celebrated Mass to open the Synod in St. Peter's Basilica yesterday. And the Texas heartbeat law is back in effect. Late Friday evening, the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals stayed the injunction issued by a federal judge in Texas earlier in the week. The Texas Attorney General argued that the federal government does not have jurisdiction over the state law. For more news with a Catholic perspective, visit EWTNnews.com. The Doctor is in with Dr. Ray Garendi. Starts now. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. How are you, sir? This is Pierre. Oh. I can't believe I'm talking to you, Dr. Ray the Great. Oh, I don't know about that. I love listening to you. You have a personality just like my father. I don't think you should feel helpless. You are helpless. Doctor, I really appreciate that. That makes me feel a lot better. You be at peace, or else I'm going to yell at you. I'm trying to find a reason to speak to you. I think you're the best thing since plays bread. That Ray, he's something. Thank you so much for what you're doing for all the parents out there. They don't know what I can possibly do. I don't either. I'm getting my money worth, I think, at this phone call. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Thank you for joining me here on The Doctors In. This is E-Person Monday, where we look at your E-Persons. And a lot of them come in. And there are many ways to guarantee that they will be addressed on E-Person Monday. One is they have a certain length, 100 to 300 words maybe, a little more than 100 actually. But, but sometimes people write very, very long and detailed E-Persons, and I obviously can't address them they're enormously complex but i do try to respond to every single one in some small way much of the time it's referring them to potential counselors psychotherapists some of the time it's a a book uh, some small way so if somebody says i wrote him and never heard back uh then maybe it went into some file that i don't have access to or that i'm too unsophisticated to know how to get to, and i got to wait till my six-year-old nephew comes over and takes care of it for me. So, this is a survey by WebMD. You're familiar with WebMD, aren't you? They, they do an awful lot with, with health care and reacts, reactions to health care and all of that. So this came out, uh, oh, this is a few days ago. Well, no, probably, probably about three weeks ago. About one in seven. Now, again, when they say something like this on a survey, what they're doing is they're extrapolating from their survey to the universe. Okay, this is a sample size, and in any kind of statistics, you kind of assume, although it's a dangerous assumption, that your sample size represents what they call in statistics the universe of responders. So they say... About one seven Americans, three hundred and thirty million Americans, all right, 
course, you have to subtract uh, children, which is what, 50, 60 million kids? So maybe if you're gone 270 million, 18 and over. About one in seven Americans have ended friendships during the past year due to divided views over COVID-19 vaccines. That doesn't shock me at all. I've seen families break up over this. No matter what you say about Christianity, whether you believe it's true or whether you don't believe it's true, Christianity wouldn't allow you to do this. Especially not shun a family member. That would go totally against the core teaching of the master that you say you follow. So you have no excuse for doing this. The survey was a thousand Americans, which was conducted, examined why people have ended friendships throughout the pandemic. Again, they keep using that word. I've seen statistics say at a certain point, it drops below pandemic status. Overall, about 16% of people have nicked three friendships since March 2020, a year and a half ago. Three. Well, what the heck? Keep going. And only three. There's got to be people who are going to take off because they're not doing it the way you think they should. Well, they're jeopardizing my health. That's why. Well, yes and no. If the, if the vaccine is supposed to be so very effective, you're kind of protected. Well, I'm not. Okay, then, then we got a problem with the vaccine then. All right. Among those who ended a friendship, 66% were vaccinated. 17% were unvaccinated. So, do the math. Three to four times as many people who were vaccinated ended a friendship. And I'm going to extrapolate beyond friendship. I'm going to go to relations, family relations, who have said, you don't do this? I'm writing you off. And I guess I want to say to those people, quit calling yourself Christian then. Whatever you're doing, quit calling yourself Christian. Because you're not permitted to do that on the basis of. You can say, I don't want to be around you. Okay, because I'm afraid for my own health. However irrational they might think that is, uh, that's your decision. Stoked by whatever you're being told and whatever, whatever part of the data you're interpreting. However, to say, get out of my life, I want no part of you, you're evil. The Christian, you're not permitted to do that. You're not allowed it's not your choice. Quote, a vast majority of vaccinated people, 97% of them. I mean, you don't get stats that high unless you're surveyed. It says, do you think Elvis is still alive? And then you can get, you can get people saying, yes, that high. A vast majority of vaccinated people, 97%. Consider their ex-friends to be, quote, full-blown anti-vaxxers. Well, see, now that's misleading. They're not anti-vaxxers. They're nervous about this particular vaccine. 
These aren't people who didn't get the MMR vaccine. These are not people who wouldn't get the vaccine for um, tetanus or other vaccines, a flu vaccine. I'm sure the vast majority of them have got other vaccines. It's this one that is making them squeamish. And you can say, well, they're irrational. Well, they're just, they're just, they're not looking at this clearly. You can say that. But then when you take the leap from, well, if that's what they think, get away from me. Get out of my life because you're an ignorant, evil person. Wow. Wow. See, I'm a shrink. And people don't realize what they accuse other people of tells you a lot about them. They don't understand that. What I say about you in my vitriol can tell you a lot about me. Many unvaccinated people said it was a personal choice because they were worried about potential side effects. Others said they're healthy and don't need the vaccine. Now, that I think that is probably the biggest reason People say, look, I have had COVID. I've been diagnosed positive with COVID in the past. There are good researchers and people who would otherwise very, very well believed because of their credentials and their status and their experience. They would be, they would be held up as experts, but they are not given a voice because they say if you have antibodies, you, you don't need the vaccine. Then the comeback to that is, and a very high-profile person in this whole area said, "Well, we're we're we'll have to look into that." Uh, when he was asked, "What about antibodies? Do they provide better protection?" And there are studies that say antibodies provide better protection than the vaccine. They're there. Well, we'll have to look at that. We, it's something we got to consider. Is that something? Why, after a year and a half, are we still saying, "Well, they really are." know what the what, what, what antibodies do and how long they last and and how much you have to have and how sick did you have to be what why okay i'll go further here uh, let me see scroll down here the survey found and and this goes with something i've always said when people have called this program they will say that my daughter has written me off for this reason my son won't talk to me for this Reason, And then they'll cite an event, something that happened somewhere, something that they said. And I'll ask, and I'll tell you what, 90 plus percent of the time, they admit it. Say, is this a person that, that your relationship has, has not been all that smooth? Is this a person that from maybe even the teen years, there's been friction between you and there's been a lot of disagreement over other things? About 90% of the time you say, oh, yes, yes. It wasn't generally just this one thing. Now, my contention is that the people who say I'm going to write you out of my life because you didn't get vaccinated, probably there's a lot of other stuff they don't like about you, too. Maybe it's your religion. Maybe it's your moral views. It's your political views. So this is just, this is just one more thing upon the pile, and they decided. All right. The survey found... Other reasons why friendships broke up, whether the people were vaccinated or not, about 16% dropped friendships due to different political views. So we can't even discuss this anymore. Now, interestingly enough, this according to the survey, it speaks of who is least tolerant. 
The survey also looked at the political differences among the survey respondents. Uh, 7% of Democrats said they didn't get vaccinated, 23% of Republicans didn't, 20% of Independents, and 27% of third party. Surprisingly, now this is encouraging, this is encouraging, many who call themselves Democrats, 41% feel that society is too critical of unvaccinated people. Hmm. Over half of Republicans echo that sentiment. Uh, ta, ta, ta. Uh, is there any more? No, it stopped right there. 61% of vaccinated people said they felt very confident in their decision. About 33% said the same about not getting vaccinated. So, I think as a Christian, you really got to ask yourself, you know, if I'm going to shun family, I don't agree with them politically, or I don't agree with them vaccinatedly, what, 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 am, what am I doing here? It's one thing to say, okay, I, I, in, my own, in my own fear of the risk, which is very, very small depending upon your age and depending upon your overall health and depending upon the fact that you've got the vaccine, it's very small, it's very small. And even if you get it, the uh, proponents of the vaccine will tell you its, its main thing is to keep the symptoms from getting severe. So even if you say all that, and you say, okay, well, I just, I just don't want to be around you, I get nervous. All right, that's your insecurity, that's your fear, that's your worry, that's your particular decision. Okay, got that. But then to turn around and say, if you don't do what I want you to do, get out of my life. Ouch. Ouch. I can see people who don't call themselves Christians, who don't say they want to follow Christ, who aren't, a, aren't Catholics. I can see them saying, hey, it's my choice, man. I can do what I want. If I want to write you off, so what? You're a pain in the bucket to me. But Christians operate out of a different set of rules. There's God's rules. They're not our rules. They're God's rules. And he says, you ain't allowed to do that. I'm Dr. Ray. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Pope Francis was asked about this question regarding what do you do with Catholic politicians who have supported laws in favor of abortion and the women's right to choose. So why did Pope Francis not make it clear that those public officials who support abortion, why didn't he make it clear that they should not receive Holy Communion? Pope Francis himself has addressed this question as one of the developers of what's called the Aparacita document. So this is what the Aparacita document uh, says here. We must adhere to Eucharistic coherence. That is, be conscious that they cannot receive Holy Communion and at the same time act with deeds or words against the commandments. I'll tell you, I'm frustrated by it because I know what he's written and there's no doubt in my mind that he means what he wrote. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Okay, I've been a Catholic for five years. 
but I suffered under a lot of things due to my Protestantism as a Pentecostal, and I just want to personally ask God to bless you for your ministry, for everything you do, and the help that you give people. EWTN, helping people grow in their love and understanding of God. Neil Diamond, song sung, that wasn't song sung blue, but song sung blue, everybody knows one, and before you know it, start to feeling good. Yeah, music can do that for you. It truly can. I was just noticing my stack of e-persons here, which, <laughs> wow, really relate to my rather ranting, raving monologue there. I think one of them might allow me to explain myself a little bit better. Let's try this one first. Dr. Ray, you may have addressed this recently, and I missed it. Well, then you weren't listening. Can't blame me for those psychological gaps in your makeup. We attended my 40th class reunion and ended up with COVID. It's been quite the last month, but we survived. My son's family and my parents also got it. My mother, who has health problems and wasn't vaccinated, probably did better than my dad, who was vaccinated. <laughs> Depends on the person. We were just waiting to get the shot because I have numerous allergies and some autoimmune problems. Not serious, but they are there. We just wanted to wait to see a while longer for the shot. That's a lot of people's attitude, by the way. Which is, you know, I, I've, I've reacted badly in the past to things. This used to be a person-doctor decision. That's what it's supposed to be. Now all of a sudden, it's a political one-shoe-fits-all-for-everyone decision. Hmm. Our community has a 45% vaccination rate. Now this is where it gets ugly. And this is even uglier and my manologue. The reaction from extended family and friends has been, you deserved it. Serves you right. See? This woman was waiting because she had some health concerns. Reasonable or not, she had health concerns, just like the person who says, I'm going to get vaccinated, reasonable or not, for their own reasons. But not only is she evil, but people were glad that she got sick, that her mother got sick. Great. Serves you right. Is that ugly or is that ugly? And you know the irony is the people who do that? They have no idea how ugly they are regarding that. None. The reactions from family and friends has been, you deserved it. Serves you right. To not talking to us and letting us have it for not getting vaccinated. Now, now wait a minute. Let me see if I can follow the reasoning here. <clears throat> 
I'm glad that you got sick because you're taught a lesson. You, you're narrow-minded, narrow-minded approach toward getting a vaccine. I know, don't correct me on a vaccine. It's a, it's a different type of vaccine. I got that. Showed you what can happen. Okay. All right. So let's say that I deserved it. All right. We all got it. We're better now. So now I can't give it to you because I have antibodies. And I just had it recently. So no matter how long you say the antibodies last, I mean, two weeks ago, I probably still got them. So you should be glad that I can't give it to you now. As a matter of fact, I have less of a chance of giving it to you now if I just got the vaccine, because the research is coming out that said, and this is from Israel, this was huge, that people who were only vaccinated had much more of a chance of a breakthrough infection of COVID than those who had previously had COVID. Much more. All right. But cares about the science. Uh, my husband's brother... My husband's brother is a brother now, is not now talking to him. Why? Okay, he didn't get the vaccine. He got sick. Okay, so why are you not talking to him? If, if you're worried about him giving it to you, he already got it. So the chances of him giving it to you are minuscule, if at all. So why, why are you not talking to him? Because I just want to show him how stupid he was. Well, okay. If that's what you think, then life showed him how stupid he was. Life said, you got it. Okay. When I'm the one who took their mother to get the shot and they didn't. So in other words, you see what's happening here? They're angry at our letter writer and her husband for getting COVID and because they quote didn't get the shot. Supposedly, that's the reason. But you can't make you can't make that connection distinctly. You can't say if you get the shot, you're not going to get it because we've already got evidence. In some cases, that Pfizer is 45 percent no breakthrough. All right, so she, our letter writer, took the, this brother who won't talk to her husband. You keeping this all straight? Took the mother to get the shot. They didn't. So if they were so concerned about it, how come nobody took mom to get the shot? Our letter writer did. You see, it's all so irrational. It's driven by these high-powered emotions that are put in place by a fearsome response. It's now, it's now getting, in some respects, incredibly illogical. Many of the people that I know of at the reunion ended up with covid and they had the vaccine. Half the people that I know of at the reunion who ended up with COVID had the vaccine. I mean, I've heard these anecdotal reports all over the place. In my mind, I want to say it isn't any of your business what our health issues are that made us uncomfortable with not getting vaccinated. We are not anti-vaccine. We want more information. On a side note, Dr. Ray, I got my husband a new doctor, and she ran some extra blood work. And it looks like he has prostate cancer. 
prostate cancer. She has prostate prostate cancer, which we would not have found till next year. How do we react? I'm not sure there is any way to react. Their reaction, their reaction towards you is so virulent, more virulent than the virus. It's nasty. It doesn't make sense. E- even if, even if they said, well, you know, you're not getting vaccinated, you could give it to me. Well, they've got vaccinated. So what, what are they putting their faith in? If the vaccine is not going to protect them, then they're telling you, because you don't want to get the vaccine, you're, you're not going to be protected. Well, wait a minute. You, you just kind of said that you're not protected. What seems to be the best research we have so far, this comes from CDC, is that vaccine, if you do get COVID, will make the symptoms less severe, less likely to be hospitalized, less, less intense. Okay, that's great. That's what, that's what you want. But to turn around and write off relatives like this and to be happy that they got sick and to, to say to them, we didn't take mom to get the shot. You did, but we didn't. We didn't think it was that important in so many words. No, writer. I don't know what you say to people like that. I guess I just look at them. I just look at them with the dumbest look I could put on my face, which is very, I've had children. I'm very good at doing that. I just look at them like, you actually believe what you're saying. You actually think that what you're doing is okay. And I'll bet you, I will bet you. No, I won't bet you. I'll just say, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these folks go to church and consider themselves good Christians. Hello and welcome to The Crux of the Matter. I'm Father Wade Menezes. If there's one doctrinal teaching of the Catholic Church that stands out particularly strong in this modern day and age, a teaching that everybody seems to know, both Catholics and non-Catholics alike, whether they agree with it or not, it's the teaching that priestly ordination is reserved to men alone. But this time-honored doctrine, held by the Church since the time of Christ and His Apostles, in no way militates against the dignity of women, their natural gifts or vocation, nor is the fact that women are ineligible to receive the sacrament of holy orders to be viewed as a reflection against their universal call to holiness, to which all persons are called. In modern times, the Church has repeatedly and definitively reiterated the reasons why the sacrament of holy orders can be received only by men. Pope John Paul II, in his apostolic letter on reserving priestly ordination to men alone, quotes Pope Paul VI in stating some of these reasons, including the example recorded in the sacred scriptures of Christ choosing his apostles only from among men, the constant practice of the church, which has imitated Christ in choosing only men, and her living teaching authority, which has consistently held that the exclusion of women from the priesthood is in accordance with God's plan for his church. In actual fact, then, the Church concludes that she is not authorized to admit women to priestly ordination. In other words, the Church herself cannot change this teaching. She has not the authority to do so. And this is because the Church recognizes herself to be bound, as it were, by this choice made by the Lord Himself, a choice, mind you, which He made freely, since He shows Himself time and time again in the Gospels to not have been subject to the prevailing customs or social conditions of His time. This has been the crux of the matter, and I'm Father Wade Minnesis. God bless you.
Dr. Ray Garini. Thanks for joining me. Dr. is in this E-Person Monday where we're jumping on some of these E-Persons. Some are printed out, which makes it really nice for me. Others are on the phone, which I have to find an eight-year-old to get in here and show me how to get. We had a few weeks back, we had a call from, sounded like a, a teenager, who was babysitting a little one-and-a-half-year-old. And mother was giving this teenager many, many instructions. Many instructions that would smack of new and improved enlightened parenting. You could not tell the child no. Uh, if the child throws something, you have to give them something soft to throw. If the child's throwing a major league fit, you just kind of walk away. So there are all kinds of instructions. And Sarah just said, not Sarah, it was, uh, forget her name. Yeah, it might have been Sarah. She said, I, I just, I, I can't, I don't know if I could watch the kid like this. So we talked a little bit about that. And I made the observation. I said, yeah, you know, in the extreme, kids putting a, a button up or a scissors in an eye socket. Not um, eye socket, good. Well, it could be too that. In an electrical socket, you know, you say, well, wait, wait, let me give you something softer to put in. Don't say no. Don't say no. i got to figure out what I can say. Um, put it over here against the wall. Redirect. Redirect. Well, anyway, this came, this came in from, hold on a second here. See, I'm on my phone. Michael. I used a knife in a receptacle. My brother said I flew across the room. Ouch! <laughs> Yikes. All right, back to the E-persons, and they're of the same tone here. I am a mother to two young children. Two and under. Now, you know what that tells me? I'm just going to extrapolate a little bit of reasoning by extension here. Two kids, two and under. That means she immediately got pregnant again, which probably tells you they they love children. They want to have more children, which probably tells you they are a minority thinking in our culture. If you want to have a whole bunch of kids and you want to have them close together, uh, people around you are going to give you grief. And the fact that she has two, she's already got her two. That's it. Enough. The only way she'll be allowed three is if she has two girls or two boys and she's trying for the opposite X. Wait a minute. Can I say that? Well, it depends. The opposite person. So given that, you can already tell she's probably coming from a perspective that some around her, including her family, are going to critique at the very least. I'm a convert to the faith. I've recently realized that I really need to grow a backbone. Be fearful of what other people think. I have very opinionated family members. You know, when I hear that word opinionated, you know what I think? Who are you to tell me how to live my life and to make my choices when I didn't ask you? Where do you get the idea that you can give me your direction, and, and these are not even moral questions, okay? This is, most of the time, these are, you are not doing it the way I would do it. You're not thinking the way I would think. That's what most of them are. So, what does that tell you about people who feel, or think, probably more feel than anything else, a blind permission to do this? I have very opinionated family members who follow the culture and politically correct thinking. All right, already, Mom, you are not in sync. 
you are already not flowing with the narrative. And I sure hope your husband is on your side. It sounds like just reading between the lines. It is because you said my husband and I loving reading your book, Discipline the Last of Lifetime. All right. I love my parents and my sisters. But I want to learn how to feel comfortable standing my ground. And essentially saying, I understand you disagree with me, but this is my family, and I will raise my children as how I see fit. Well, good news and bad news here, Mom. <clears throat> if you say this, it's not going to move them. They're opinionated. They think their way is the way. And you are not allowed the flexibility and the right to see it differently. Okay. So unless, unless they soften up, which in my experience, only a small percentage do. That's how I think. And as you raise your children, and God help you if you have a third child, because then you're really going to get it. You are not permitted to think and do a certain way. You're correct and you're not. What I would suggest, you don't have to say anything to them. They can say whatever they want. And you just ignore them. Because you said... But this is my family, and I will raise my children how I see fit. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Keep it to yourself. You're going to do what you're going to do. And they're going to find out you're going to do what you're going to do over time. If you want to say that, you can. But it sounds like your temperament is really softer than that, so it's harder for you to do that. And if you do something like that, there'll probably be an argument. And then it'll get ugly, and you won't want it to get ugly, and you'll feel terrible. Because you say, here, I love my parents and my sisters, and that's great. So what I would suggest is they can think what they want. You're going to do it the way you want. And they'll see that. They'll see that over time. You have certain views of life. You have certain views of religion. You have certain views of children. You want to do what you think is best for your family, and it is not according to the dominant cultural narrative. And they'll find that out. Now, they'll do one of two things. They'll either shut their mouth because they'll realize they're not getting anywhere telling you all these things because you're going to do what you want. Or two, they'll get pushier. They'll start really trying to convince you you're so, so far off. One thing you got to watch out here for, Mom, is that if, if they want to take the kids and they feel it is their obligation to compensate for the way you're raising them so they so they let the kids do things you wouldn't let them do that and watch things you wouldn't let them watch they give them foods and things that you wouldn't want them to have okay now that'll put you in a corner that'll make you take action but you want to stand your ground you it says here you want to feel comfortable you may not be able to feel comfortable mom it's not you you would wish you wouldn't have to do this but they're making you do it so the best way to stand your ground is do what you're going to do. You don't need to say, I understand you disagree with me, but this is my family and I raise my children how I see fit. Yeah, I, You can say that. You certainly can say that. Uh, but be prepared for backlash. So if you don't want a backlash, just kind of look at them. Know you're going to do what, you, what you're going to do. That's the way it is. They can think what they want. <clears throat> Hopefully. Hopefully, they won't get antagonistic toward you if you don't do the way they think you should do it. It's one thing to be opinionated. 
A lot of people are opinionated. I'm going to tell you how you should live your life and the decisions you should make. Why did you buy a car like that? That's really ridiculous. You shouldn't have bought that car. You know that car has the lowest rating of all cars. Why would you buy that one? People have all kinds of opinions about all kinds of stuff. It amazes me how few of them actually think, I best not give my opinion unless somebody asks me for it. What does the Catholic Catechism teach us about the Assumption of the Virgin Mary? The Church professes that she was assumed into heaven, body and soul, honored by her Lord and Son as Queen of all things. By her Assumption, she participates in Christ's resurrection and anticipates the resurrection of other Christians. She is a preeminent and wholly unique member of the Church as a result of her total obedience to the Father's will and her Son's redemptive work. Thus, she is the Church's model of charity and faith. According to the Catechism, Mary's motherhood, in the order of grace, continues in heaven. What began with her ascent to the Annunciation continued till she stood under the cross and will not cease until the eternal fulfillment of all the elect. She is involved in the Church as advocate, helper, mediatrix, and benefactor. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Bishop Robert Barron on the priesthood. Not everyone who's attracted to uh, the Lord and to a life of service is necessarily meant to be a priest. So there's all kinds of forms. I mean, from, let's say, the brotherhood, if you want to stay within a formal religious context, but then all kinds of ministries within a parish, all kinds of lay ministries that you can do. So not everyone's called to the priesthood. A priest is someone who is dedicated, devoted to ongoing study and ongoing prayer to be a spiritual father. As Pope Benedict said, one of his wisest remarks, he said, people want many things from a priest, but what they want above all is someone who's a master of the spiritual life. Hey, I'm great at this ministry, and hey, I'm great at organizing this meeting, and hey, I'm great. Fine, but ultimately what the people want is you're a master of the spiritual life. you got to be, therefore, trained in prayer and theology and spirituality and so on. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. I just thought of something. I just thought of something. In a previous email where the writer said that she and her husband were were holding off on getting vaccinated because she had some health concerns and she just wanted to see how some of this would play out. And it is and it is playing out because initially the indication was this this vaccine is going to be ninety five percent effective. But then they changed their definition of effective. And they decided, okay, no, it's not going to keep you from getting it. It's just going to make the symptoms less severe. Okay. So she was, one could make the case, uh, slow in looking at this. Well, she went to a reunion, and she got COVID along with her husband. Uh, And she also made the observation that many of the people at the reunion got COVID, and half of them were already vaccinated. So 
She said from family members and friends, the message was, you deserved it. Served you right. Physicians will tell you that the number one health risk in our society, and Cleveland Clinic did a study on health risks, lifestyle health risks, and obesity was worse than smoking. So the number one health risk in our society is, is tremendous overweight. Obesity is defined, I think, as more than 20 or 30% of your ideal body weight, which many, many people struggle with. I asked, I've asked interns that I've had as clients, internists, sorry, internists, uh, what percentage of the problems you deal with as a physician have some connection to obesity? Now, one physician looked at me and said 80%. So my point is this. If they said to her, you didn't get vaccinated, therefore, you deserve what you got, which is what they said, okay? That's, that's just mean. That's beyond mean. Why would they not say when somebody, for example, has a cardiac event, or a stroke or serious knee problems because they've been walking with so much extra weight on their knees or their back just kills them all the time because of the excess weight why don't they say serves you right serves you right you're 80 pounds overweight you got what you deserve nobody would say that that's cruel got cancer with the lung huh well serves you right serves you right you shouldn't have smoked told you we don't do that. No doubt you've heard the reports of some physicians saying, I will not treat anyone who is unvaccinated. We're punishing them. And obviously, you could say to that doctor, so if someone comes in, throws of a drug overdose, would you say, hey, I'm not treating you. You should have known better. Someone comes in with a heart attack who's 120 pounds overweight, well, you're getting what you deserve. I'm not treating you. I mean, th- this is the height of idiocy. Complete height of idiocy. But the irony is, and this is take a lesson from a shrink, there is no doubt in my mind that those physicians who say this, and there have been reports of <laughs> definitely physicians who say this, they don't think they're being illogical. They don't think they're doing anything, I almost said wrong. I was going to say inappropriate. They think perfect. they're perfectly justified. Perfectly justified. Which is, again, I'll, I'll digress a little bit. This tells you an interesting thing about the human psyche. When we do something that many people think is quite wrong, hurtful, mean, we don't say, yeah, it is, but I'm doing it anyway. We don't do that. We don't do that. We have some need to say, no, it's not. I have perfectly good reason for why I'm doing what I'm doing, so therefore I'm not wrong. I'm not evil. I'm not mean-spirited. You ever notice that? I know that every one of those doctors, if they walked into my office and I said, do you have any problems with denying an unvaccinated person 
treatment? No. No, absolutely not. They have been told. They have been told many, many times. Vaccines are available. Vaccines are effective. And they should get the vaccine. And because they didn't, well, they brought upon themselves. I know, I know that's what they'd say. And then I would say, okay, then, don't treat anyone who comes to you at all for any lifestyle-related, serious mental problem. I'm sorry, physical problem, although there are some mental problems related to lifestyle, too, of course. If you're going to be consistent... You just can deal with that small percentage of people who are facing serious illnesses or disorders, and it is completely unrelated to anything that they have done in their life. Unrelated to nutrition, unrelated to exercise, unrelated to sedentary, unrelated to toxic exposure, unrelated to smoking, unrelated to overweight, on and on and on. All right, I'm a psychologist. I'm supposed to understand things. There's just some things I don't understand. All right, that was an e-person rant. I'm going to take a break, and we'll come back to another person who just is feeling, Dr. Ray, I, I just, I just, I feel awful. I don't. Talk to you. The doctor will be with you in just a moment. Solidarity HealthShare began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. They're a nonprofit medical cost-sharing ministry in which their members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but rather an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to the teachings of the Catholic Church. They'll never share in a medical care that goes against their values and morals, such as abortion, contraception, and sterilization. More information available at SolidarityHealthShare.org or at 844-313-4999. 60 Seconds with Father Mitch Pacwa. The state has responsibility to orient things, but they can't take over the rights of the family. Like in China, to have one child and that's it. It's a disaster over there. How many tens of millions of abortions have gone on? And one of the things that, as a result of that, is because of the preference to have boy children rather than girls, you have, for every thousand boys, there are 850 girls. This is a great imbalance. Same thing is going on in northern India. So this is where they, the government cannot take away the primary and inalienable responsibility of married couples and families. And they cannot employ methods which fail to respect the person and fundamental human rights. Beginning with the right to life, the government cannot force you to kill innocent human beings and still be a humanistic government. It's an evil government. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. My latest book, Jesus, the Master Psychologist, Listen to Him, talks about how Jesus was 2,000 years ahead of modern enlightened psychology. If he's God, he knows the absolute best way to live, whether psychology agrees or whether it doesn't. Go to AveMariaRadio.net to get your copy. Jesus will tell you the best way to live. Thanks for joining me here on this E-Person Monday. The doctor is in. Good Lord, permitting tomorrow we will 
resume our regular phone talking. You will talk, and I will listen, and then I will talk, and then I will talk, and then I will talk. I hope you listen. Okay, this is from Angela. I'm a Catholic, and I pray, but I cannot help but feel anxious and fearful. Seeing the state of the world at both a local and global level. Critical race theory, Marxist ideas, gender ideologies, attacks to our culture and to Christian ideas, burning of churches, political manipulation of the pandemic. This toxicity, I see it every day at work. Even with friends and family, the breaking of relationships and the vicious people you thought reasonable until not long ago. I feel heartbroken and not hopeful about our future and our children's future. Can you give me some advice? I'll try, Angela. I'll try. <clears throat> when you listed your litany of things that, and certainly this was not all inclusive, of what was distressing you, it sounded like you've been watching the news, been reading the news. Know that the news is going to focus on that, that indeed the decency and the faith-filled people and the kindness and the reasonableness of many, many, many people, including people who think like you, are out there, but they are just not newsworthy. They're flat out not newsworthy. So what you're going to hear is the seamy side of everything. Now that said, am I saying, it's always been, it's always been like this, Angela, don't worry about it. No, I, I think that there's a clear case to be made that we're, as a culture, just leaving God behind rather rapidly, and we're pursuing whatever immorality we wish. I, I, I see that. I, I, can't, I can't deny that. However, you are very, very infinitely fortunate. And you know why that is? Because, tragically, the more people who buy into the vicious, self-defeating, hurtful, ugly narratives that dominate our culture, the more you're a minority, and a minority who is in infinity, you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, living according to his way. So in fact, your gratitude is really off the charts. Because it would be so, so easy for you to think like the rest of the culture thinks. And people who attack family members. And people who are intolerant and vicious. People who are hurtful. Yes, you're right. I, too, see who I thought were formerly reasonable people not being reasonable. But here's the catch to that. Many, if not most, people can be unreasonable if put in certain situations. They can be reasonable as long as they're not tested to go beyond the bounds of their thinking. And if they're exposed to a concerted effort to make them think differently, as our media and our social media and our politics is so good at making them do, then they can become unreasonable. They truly can. And they can turn on the very people 
that you thought they cared for. That's true. That's the reality. How do I comfort myself in that? I recognize its reality. I, I look at it and say, this is the way it is. And I am not, I am determined not to allow my peace to be destroyed by the conduct of others. Wherever it might be, globally, locally, familially, friendshiply, I just don't want it. I, I will not. I, I, I am here because I've been given God's grace to, to know him, and I just want to live a peace-filled, joy-filled life. I want to go outside, and I want to look up at the moon and see, wow, that's a beautiful moon tonight, isn't it? And all the evil and ugliness of the world just sort of slips away as I look at that moon that God put up there just to let us admire. So, yeah, you're right. I'm with you. On one hand, uh, there is, seems to be just an unbelievable amount of wrong things going on. And that makes faithful believers a minority, a smaller minority, and uh, ones who are clinging to the faith more strongly now because you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in your faith anymore. It's The world is not making that possible. They're telling you how you have to think and live if you're going to be with them. So, yeah, Angela, I think one of the things you better do is at least, if you want to be quote-unquote informed, at least realize that you're being informed with all the negative stuff that's out there. You're not going to be informed by any kind of counterbalance. That's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, our Lord said, that they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. I mean, we're, we're no greater than he is. There's nothing written that says we have to live in a wonderful, peaceful life that is morally guided by the people who rule us or the who are trying to influence us. There's nothing that says that at all. Think about when the apostles went into the Roman world. You think you're a minority? <laughs> Why don't you count them? Twelve of them. And yeah, they had 3,000 followers on that Pentecost day, but but other than that, that they were just a mini, 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 minuscule minority of believers. But you know what they had, Angela? They had the truth. You've got the truth. And you've got to feel bad for the people who don't. For the people who are deliberately, viciously neglecting the truth. Or the people who are just ignorant about the truth. Or the people who don't pay attention to the truth. Or the people who don't even want to explore the truth. They don't care. They're more guided along by the dominant thinking of those around them and the supposedly really smart people who are running our culture. But if there is a God, and if Jesus is God, if that's the truth, then you got it. So, Angela, keep thinking about that over and over again. And what do you do about those people who you thought were your close friends or you thought were your loving family and they're turning on you? Recognize that you just didn't know they had that in them. It was always there. It was always in them. It just wasn't pushed to that limit. You never know how people are going to react until they're put in situations that really test their emotions or test their fear or test their tolerance or test their love. And then... You see things that surprise you because you thought, I never expected that. Well, the reason you didn't expect it is because 
you underestimated how they'd react when faced to a situation that they'd never faced before. All righty. This is Dr. Ray. Once again, got to go. Thanks, Andrew Kruchek, for taking care of things on that end, on the board. Appreciate you being with me. Walk with God. That Now that'll help you keep your peace in this world. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Do you or someone you know have a loved one struggling with addiction? Pierced Heart Ministry of St. Helena Catholic Church is a confidential and support ministry for people suffering from addiction. They meet every Tuesday at 6.30 in the Dolan Center or by Zoom. For more information, please contact Ms. Pat Lamoureux at 210-323-1812. Mary, Queen of Families, pray for us. Hi, I'm Luciano Trucciati with Food Related, proud sponsor of KJMA 89.7. Because it's not just radio, it's radio for your soul. Radio that offers a service to our community. And at Food Related, we have a passion for service. From the moment we receive your order to when it is delivered to you, our staff treats your groceries with as much care as they would treat their own. To learn more, please visit us at foodrelated.com. We can't wait to serve you. Victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word, we receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin, and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. Welcome home. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Streaming to the world at grnonline.com and on your FM dial at 89.7. We're KJMA, Floresville, San Antonio. All Catholic, all the time arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. I turned from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and I, the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.